0: Warning, you are about to enter a world populated by the most appalling music ever made. Welcome to the search for the worst album of all time. This is Broken Records. But
1: I'd been forgotten I i been married a long time ago. Dango. <laughs> oh, a girl with kaleidoscope eyes!
0: Hello there, it's Broken Records, it's episode 27. It's me, Stephen Hill. It's him, Renfrey Dedman. How are you, Renfrey? Very well, I'm very...
1: I'm I'm really excited to see you so chipper. It's very nice. Oh, well... Uh,
0: I was about to say it's Van Halen, isn't it? But pff, yeah, not really Van Halen. It's really not Van Halen. It is, it is. It's Not really Van Halen, really, is it? Um, this is Broken Records. This is an offshoot of Riot Act, the alternative music podcast that Renfrew and I do every Friday. Wherever you get your podcast, wherever you listen to this podcast, you can listen to Riot Act. Here, us talking about the best new music in the world of alternative all things alternative and uh we have a patreon page as well patreon.com forward slash right act podcast where you can sign up for a bunch of expert analysis on some of the greatest albums ever made on our classic album series podcast our right ears reviews where you get to pick an album we do one of them a week as well as plenty of stuff over there hope you enjoy what you're listening to and then maybe you might you know um chuck us a few quid governor uh but we We have basically, this podcast, Broken Records, is a show where we try and find the very worst album ever made. We compiled a list of albums due to um, how they were received critically or -hmm. commercially by the fans, by the band, Mm -hmm. by the things that they inspired. Possibly there are many reasons why you could have been a broken record on this particular list. Um, And uh, we used to do that weekly on our show. Mm -hmm. Riot act Mm -hmm. um but we've decided to turn it into a very very own thing its own little podcast for itself its own little place now in it the broken records thing how cute uh back (laughs) on the 11th of september 2020 episode 110 of riot act we spoke about this record van halen 3 um i kind of now doing this intro in the aftermath of death of eddie van halen i feel a bit bad i feel, yeah, I feel a yeah. bit bad doing it yeah i listened back to it and i was like oh i feel a bit bad about this yeah we did but, actually record know, it
1: before his death which probably should be pointed out uh not that we're like yeah.
0: specifically
1: horrible to to eddie i don't
0: think um i don't remember to be honest that, we're, uh, <coughs> we're not that ni- i mean to be honest we're not that nice about the way that he goes about making this album we say he's kind of you know a bit of a control. I mean, it's nothing horrible. We just say he's a bit of a control freak. And he probably was a bit of a control freak. And, you know, he was Van Halen and, you know, after 20 years of being a fucking legend, like that's fine. This is not the album that people are going to remember Eddie Van Halen for. And that's fine. But it is part of the Van Halen canon. It is part of the Van Halen back catalogue. It was very badly received. It was a bit of a disaster. Ergo, it goes into broken records that's fair isn't it
1: oh yeah absolutely you can't say fairer than yeah. that
0: you can't say fairer than that so we just wanted to add that at the start because obviously like i'm a really big van halen fan but you know it, it, we weren't trying to be horrible or anything it's just that there is what it is here's us mm-hmm. talking about 3 by van halen van halen are good In theory. In theory. Uh, (laughs) Broken. In theory. (laughs) Broken records. Let's end with broken records. Um, This week, we're doing Van Halen 3, released on the 17th of March, 1998. The 11th album by the Californian Glam Metal Originators and the only album to feature the vocal talents of former extreme frontman Gary Cherone. It's also the last Van Halen album to feature the original bassist Michael Anthony. Gary,
1: Gary, uh, Gary Sharona. I mean, no,
0: no, doesn't work. No. Sorry, going to veto it. that I was straight just try, away. I was
1: just trying it. I'm not going to yeah, cut too it too much. In, but I, I was No,
0: no, it. no, don't cut it. Let everyone know how disastrous you are. <laughs> um, Fine. I, <laughs> Renfrey, you know some things about me, and one of the things about me that, oh, well, that you sounds know sounds ominous. It does, <laughs> but well, it is. It is a bit. Is I love, I love Van Halen. I think they're fucking. Great. Mm. Um, We slag off a load of stuff from that scene, from that era. Um, uh, The stuff that Van Halen basically spawned and invented, Mm -hmm. that whole kind of cock rock, glam metal, sunset strip bullshit. Mm -hmm. And I think you can always, the reason why I slag off so much of that stuff is because I think you can look at Van Halen and go, that is why that band suck. Because look at what Van Halen can do. Look how good Van Halen can do. Either do do that or fuck off. I don't care how many fucking tights you wear. I don't care how much many cans of hairspray there are in your hair. If you can't match Van Halen, you can fuck right off. Mm-hmm. Um, thoughts uh,
1: on that opening
0: statement? Crikey.
1: Um, I can't argue with it. I mean, uh, we have had a discussion about Van Halen before and it didn't go very well, as far as I recall.
0: <laughs> I think this one will go a bit better.
1: <laughs> I think way. this one will go better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were discussing 1984, weren't we? If I
0: recall. Which um, yes, we were. Yes.
1: Which um, you know is a is a classic. Apparently, uh, oh, I no, no apparently <laughs> I didn't get on with it particularly because the eighties, um, but. that's a good reason (laughs) yeah it fucking is um but but can i sit here and go oh van halen they were shit of course i can't of course i can't uh van halen was pretty fucking good quite a good guitarist to say the least i'm being facetious right now they of course they were fucking amazing and yes i do agree with everything you said whilst they're not my cup of tea i get a bit like queen i guess one of those ones Mm. where i go look van halen aren't my cup of tea but objectively they were a great band and I have to I have to hold my hands up to that. So yes, there
0: mm. we go. Like all the stuff that I hate from Glam Rock, I suppose Van Halen kind of helped popularise and invented, but there's just something about Van Halen. I think a lot of it is, you know, that guitar playing. It's the fact that they, they, they are a bit heavier as well. Mm. Um Jumps and cash when they wasn't go it? No, mm. no, not at all. It's mm. a great song. Mm. No. Mm. Gosh. It's not though. It's mm. really not i don't think it is let's not get back into this just, No, jumps, <laughs> brilliant um and it's the final uh, out you know, to <laughs> pussies oh fuck off it? <laughs> i'm just it i'm just trying off. to annoy you now <laughs> um but anyway like you know they fell out spectacularly one of the biggest ever um most acrimonious Mm. departures was David Lee Roth leaving Van Halen and being replaced by Sammy Hagar. Now I don't like the Sammy Hagar material as much as I do the David Lee Roth material personally. Mm -hmm. Um, But commercially speaking, um, you know, they were just as popular with Sammy Hagar in the band as they were with David Lee Roth in the band, Mm. you know? um, And, Fair play to him. It's very difficult when you're a band of that size and that, you know, stature, as we've already discussed with people kind of having to collaborate and, you know, blah, blah, blah. When you see the figurehead of that band leave, it is very rare that a band not just manage to get by, but actually survive and thrive. And Van Halen did do that. But when this album comes out in 1998, Van Halen are once again a bit of a mess. Um, In 1996, um, after 10 years in the band, it's sort of a similar amount of time, funnily enough, from David Lee Roth being in the band and leaving to Sammy Hagar joining and then leaving. It's a very, very similar amount of period of time Mm -hmm. that both of those men lasted in their first stints in the band. Mm -hmm. Um, Sammy Hagar had suggested that Eddie Van Halen should go in and have the hip surgery that he desperately needed, which is very rock and roll, obviously, hip <laughs> surgery. And drummer Alex Van Halen, um, he should go away and tend to the vertebrae injury that he had, which meant that he was having to wear a neck brace on tour uh, whilst they were out on tour. Yeah, so not good. Um, the uh, The brothers Van Halen blew up and insisted that the band should go into the studio and record a new song, a song for the soundtrack to the film Twister.
1: Do you remember that film? Oh, yes. Uh, Directed by Jan de Bont, I think.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Not a great film. Not a great film. Not a great film. And um, it was said that they should go in and record this song because Eddie had said they, and I quote here, needed the money, which Sammy Hagar thought was completely an absurd, stupid thing to say. Um, At the time, he had a three-month-old baby that he wanted to spend time with. He didn't want to go in the studio. He could see that, these two guys were suffering, and he thought it just felt like the right thing to do. You are one of the biggest bands of the last 20 years. I can't imagine a world in which Van Halen really needed the money from the Twister soundtrack.
1: No, it is an odd thing to say, isn't it? But then Eddie Van Halen does say odd things from time to time, which we will probably get into a little bit
0: later. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> certainly will. um uh, So, um Eddie Van Halen apparently complained to Sammy Hagar that you never do the things. That I ask of you, right? And, and so Sammy Hagar on Father's Day 1996 left Van Halen, leaving Van Halen searching for their third singer. Um, very soon after that happened, uh, Eddie Van Halen was called by David Lee Roth, the aforementioned original frontman of the band, uh, to discuss what songs would be on an upcoming Van Halen greatest hit set. And the two found themselves agreeing to reunite to play as the original Van Halen lineup at the MTV Awards in 1996. First time they played together in 11 years. Um, uh, Eddie Van Halen felt embarrassed at the event after the band played. Um, David Lee Roth was uh, hot dogging behind. Beck, when Beck won an award um, and uh, and uh, Van Halen presented him with this award at the MTV Awards, um, David E. Roth was kind of mugging, hot-dogging behind um, Beck while he was doing his speech, which Eddie thought was very, very disrespectful. I, I, um, I've never heard
1: the term hot-dogging. You do just mean mugging a, him off, do you?
0: Yeah, it's a wrestling term. Okay. It sort of means okay. like, That's you know, being a flash prick. Okay. Um. um so... Uh, after that happened a sort of full-scale reunion was expected but was ruled out almost immediately um and David Lee Roth complained that he had been duped into partaking uh, unbeknownst to him in a publicity stunt to sell the greatest hits album uh the rest of the band released a statement that they said they had never promised David Lee roth a full-time return to the band and um, Eddie in later on interviews brought up all the negatives that Roth kept bringing up such as saying to him and apparently being interviewed backstage at the MTV awards um they were asked about their future plans and David Lee Roth said well Eddie's got to go and have his hip replacement surgery before we tour so it's going to be a while before we we tour and that comment nearly brought the two men to blows after the interview like because Eddie was just so furious that he would bring up negative things like him needing a hip operation so is that that a negative thing or is that just life well, you know, I mean, I know it's not very rock embarass- and roll. I know it's not yeah, very rock and roll. Does he think that's or cool, embarrassing or yeah. whatever? Who knows? I mean, yeah. So um, <clears throat> the net result of all this means that Van Halen are now searching for another singer, and they decided, as we've mentioned, on Gary Sharon of Extreme. Uh, Extreme was Gary, defunct at Gary, this point.
1: Gary Cherone. No, no, still not. No,
0: okay. That, I mean, you, you're not even singing it in the right tune. <laughs> I know. <are> I am trying to be that's, that's Umbrella. That's Umbrella by Rihanna. <laughs> so you're singing Gary Sharone, but call him Gary Sharona. Sung to the tune of Umbrella, trying to uh, like evoke my Sharona. What it's can a, I say? It's a, I'm multi talented. disaster. <laughs> a, no, no, no. It's a complete disaster, Renfrew. Right. Admit it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, anyway, right, I won't say um, it again, or maybe I will. Yes. Uh, Extreme were defunct at this point you might remember Extreme being one of the funk metal bands of the early late 80s early 90s get more the funk words. out more than words mate. more than words being please the please. big hit mm. um you know them living color faith the yeah. more red hot chili peppers all yeah. that kind of thing primus they were part of all that mm-hmm. um so in he comes the kind of initial uh chat was that um you know Eddie Van Halen was calling gary sharon the band's soulmate and saying you know that he was he was fiddling on the guitar and as soon as he was playing this stuff on the guitar whilst they were chatting in the room together gary sharon started like making lyrics up on the spot and they were like oh my god this is incredible oh and they said you know the chemistry is unlike anything that we've ever had in the band before ever so um (laughs) hopes were high Mm. in the van in the van halen camp um they brought in producer mike post who has worked with the likes of Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers but is most famous for writing the theme for Quantum Leap, Hill Street Blues, Law and Order, Doogie Howser MD and most famous amongst others but most famously of all. (laughs) Oh there's a cover that Ishan should have done. The A-Team yeah, theme, that yes. He did, the. he created the theme from the A-Team. Fair uh, fucks. Fair and fucks. And loads though. of other things. So, f- yeah, fair fucks. You've written loads and loads and loads and loads of TV themes. Yeah. And you've worked with Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton. Yeah. But you've never worked with a rock band ever. Mm. So, a bit weird, isn't it? Mm. Mm. Is this a good time to do the
1: Gary Sharona thing again? No, no, no.
0: no, don't do that that (laughs) choice? It's not going to work. It's not like Laura 3, the third time I go, oh, Gary my Sharona, Gary Sharone. I get it now. Yeah, sung to the Um, tune of Umbrella by Rihanna.
1: um, No, yes. um, What a... um, uh, what an interesting and bizarre choice, um, to say the least. Um, and not, not not saying he's not a talented man, talented guy. If you've worked mm. with Dolly Parton, then fuck me, you know you're talented. I don't care what anyone says. Um, but no, it doesn't sound like the right man for the job, to be totally honest.
0: He also, according to reports, bailed halfway through the recording of the record, oh. which is not actually confirmed officially by anyone. But that is okay on the ru- the rumor mill that I've heard. Okay. Um, is also amongst other things is known for its lack of Michael Anthony who as I mentioned left the band after this uh, he only played on 3 tracks on the record Michael Anthony a very very important part of Van Halen obviously having been in the band as their bassist for for many many years but also his backing vocals and his kind of harmonies that he used a bit like Roger Taylor in Queen I think with Michael Anthony he mm-hmm. actually is a very important part to making those uh, vocal parts soar okay. um So Eddie actually played most of the bass bass parts as well as doing backing vocals, guitar, keyboards and even some lead vocals himself, which we'll get into a little bit. Um, Now, before we get into the records, how it was reviewed, there may be some massive Van Halen fans listening here who are like, you've picked this record, right? And it's kind of unfair because in a Britpop, New metal and skate punk obsessed world where could van halen 3.0 fit in i mean nowhere i mean could anyone really have expected a band from the 70s to have been popular in 1998 we're just being silly we're looking at that record from 1998 and going oh it sounds like an old hard rock band no one like that they just like corn and manson and the foo fighters and radiohead and stuff like that that's ridiculous Certain, that's a ridiculous thing it certainly does
1: feel like that this music was very 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 uncool in 1998 Mm. i think it's fair to say
0: yeah and we're just ragging on van halen because this wasn't popular anymore right well Mm. well well the case for the defense i don't want to miss a thing by aerosmith came out that year Mm. aerosmith played wembley stadium right Mm. arguably their biggest song came out in 1998 at the height of new metal and Britpop and all that stuff. So I think it is. In- I think it
1: is their biggest song commercially. I believe uh, that yeah, is the case. I'm yeah,
0: pretty sure it is. Yeah. So it's not impossible. Kiss was still riding high on the back of their 1996 reunion, and even a slightly newer band like Metallica released Garage Inc that year and were getting a lot of airplay by releasing singles that were covers of Bob Seger and Thin Lizzy. I know it's not really Thin Lizzy. I know. Mm-hmm. Um. But the idea that it absolutely was impossible mm. as one of these classic rock bands to be popular—I'm just going to put it out there now. If you think this is just like, "Hey, it was the wrong band with the right album at the wrong time," that's not why this record was here. Mm, it could enough, have yeah. been. It could have been done. Um, it was very. It,
1: like, let's acknowledge it was very difficult at this time, but it was possible. Yeah, it was very possible.
0: difficult, but yeah. you know, a, yeah. a lot of their peers are doing fucking good business yeah, yeah, um yeah. rolling stone gave it two out of five saying sharon sounds dis- disconcertingly like hagar full of spleen busting bluster and incapable of understatement though van halen 3 is conspicuously lacking in the frat boy tom droolery that so enamored Roth and hagar to fans it still contains its share of baying at the moon Um, All Music gave it the same score, saying it suffers from the same problems as as Hagar-era Van Halen, limp riffs, weak melodies, and plodding, colourless rhythms. Billboard magazine called it a wasted opportunity to breathe life into a now tired formula um, Sputnik Music has given it a 2.5 out of 5 saying this probably could have been considered a classic at least in my eyes if the various smudges such as Gary's vocals were cleaned up they were easily fixable and really make the listening experience more tiring than it needs to be still it's definitely worth several listens it will grow on you but until a remastered instrumental version is released oh please no Come on. Uh, Van Halen 3 is not getting any higher than a 2.5 for me that is a very generous review I have to say very
1: And also, well, uh, we'll get into it, but it sounds like his... Uh, criticism is uh, mislaid I would say. I I,
0: I would say so yeah. yeah cool. um, the Chicago Tribune gave it two out of five saying with longtime rhythm section Alex Van Halen and Michael Anthony still stuck between slog and stomp setting on the rhythm gauge the new Van Halen remains a dinosaur mired in an arena rock tar pit and uh, the Van Halen buyer's guide in classic rock magazine um, gave three the title uh, and the tag of a void sort of ranking all their albums Mm -hmm. saying Gary Sharon was the no Mark who sang in extreme wearing a leotard. It was a disastrous mismatch producing just one album that sold only 500,000 copies when every other Van Halen's album had shifted at least 2 million. The reason Van Halen 3 stinks like a wet dog. Every song sucks. And Sharon sang them like a drowning man. (laughs) Uh, Still it sold 191,000 copies on the week of its release, went in at number four on the U S billboard top 200 and it's gone platinum in Japan obviously huh. um but is it any good Remfrey? Hmm. uh obviously it's not but um <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of Van Halen 3
1: uh it's long it's fucking long isn't it
0: um
1: apparently uh, you know I'm not a Van Halen expert um but apparently it is Van Halen's longest album uh, I don't know if you can just... confirm that
0: I I, I can't confirm it, but I know it to be true, yes.
1: Right, it's 64 minutes long. It's too fucking long. Um, I would say that pretty much every single song on this album is too long. Uh, Every song could have done with a trim of at least a minute, I reckon. Um, But actually, that would have made the record 53 minutes, which is still too long. Um, But it would have been a good start, at the very least, to trim every single song. By at least a minute. Um, well, to, been... to
0: put this into perspective, 1984 is 33 minutes and 22 seconds long, yeah. and Van Halen's classic de- self titled debut album is 35 minutes and 34 seconds. This is pretty much double the length of both of them.
1: Yeah, and uh, yeah, and boy, does it feel. <laughs> does like, it feel like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, personally, though, I thought it started. Uh but okay,
0: I thought it started just quite well personally i oh. yeah, I was gonna say i mean c- c- compared to this absolute hell that we have been mired in the the mm, fucking mm, mm. aqueduct of shit that we have been wading through in the last few weeks on this this feature um this is definitely not a disaster by those comparisons no
1: no since doing this feature i've mentioned it a few times but since doing this feature in particular my kind of the goalposts for what is a a genuinely bad record have moved quite significantly now Mm. um i overall i do think this is a bad record but i don't think it's a disastrous record and i think there's even an argument say that it's probably not even a broken record it's just a bad it's just not very good it's just a not very good record from a band who are massively well respected and and generally you know much 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 better than this um as I said, every single song is too long, but I do think it starts relatively well. I do like, I mean, the first track, it's not really a first song proper. There's two instrumentals on here and the first track, Knee uh, World, is not what I expected to hear from Van Halen at all. I have to admit, it's a sort of country-tinged acoustic guitar slash piano piece. But, you know, I quite liked it. I thought it was quite nice, personally. Mm-hmm. didn't mind it at all. Um, the first single, Without You, is the next song. And I think it's all right nothing to write home about um but it's not. i mean i mean it's
0: <sighs> i actually see without you i look at it and i go this is one of the main problems that it's six and a half minutes i was long. Uh, i was
1: about to say it's not a travesty but it outstays its welcome six and a half minutes fucking hell you know again trim at least a minute off of it
0: yeah trim two minutes off of it I think quite a lot of it. I mean, it is uh, the, my kind of... But I don't the, think it's the, a disaster, that song. No, I mean, I actually think the chorus on it is quite good. Yeah, but I think. I, I mean, again, the problem with this, and I think one of the reasons why this doesn't work, is you've got Gary Cherone hired as the front man, and he's just happy to fucking be there. Do you know what I mean? He's just Mm -hmm. delighted that he's in Van Halen. And all that talk of the relationship between the Van Halens and Sharon that was, you know, look how great they are. We found our soulmate. I mean, I listened to this record and I listened back to the, like, particularly the Roth stuff, you know, don't bore us, get to the chorus, you know, that kind of flamboyance. And I think, and also you think how much Van Halen changed when Sammy Hagar came along. I mean, Van Halen got longer. And a little bit more meandering when Sammy Hagar came in. Okay. But it's it's a different sound and they feel like a different band. And you start to go, are the vocalists like helping to kind of, like I think the vocalists probably played quite a large part in crafting how Hal Van Halen would have sounded because they do sound really different between those two people. And then you get this album coming along and it's just endless like whittle bridge Chorus, pre-chorus, some weird tempo change. Like that first song. It's flabby as, as, as hell, said,
1: isn't it? It's so flabby. Has got...
0: You just imagine David Lee Roth getting without you and going, cut that. Yeah. Cut that. We, do yeah. That. yeah. we do not need that. We do not need that. We do not need that. Fucking give us just a straight ahead rock banger. And it's a good chorus. There's yeah. a good, There's so, a agree. good chorus in that song. And I just think when Eddie Van Halen says, wasn't it great to collaborate with someone who, you know, really listens to me and blah, blah, blah. What he means with that. And in with respect to Gary Sharon is, isn't it nice to have a yes man who will just go, Oh, well done, Eddie. Yeah. Everything you say is brilliant.
1: Well, quite possibly. Um, Yes. That, that may be a very astute point. It was interesting. There's a, um, there was a sort of round table feature um, that was dissecting this album and trying to figure out what went wrong with it on ultimate classic rock um and i felt like i was going to sort of um read a few bits and pieces from that because you know i mean any writer writing for a website called ultimate classic rock is going to know more about van halen than i do personally yeah um but one of the writers there michael christopher said and i was just curious to know what you thought of this uh he says it certainly wasn't gary sharon's fault he could have been freddie mercury mercury reincarnated and it would have been a letdown because he wasn't david lee roth do you think there's an element of that
0: um possibly but then i also think it sounds to me like these songs have i, I mean again the collaborative thing with gary sharone if you listen to extreme mm. and you listen to van halen 3 mm. Mm. gary sharone sounds like he's doing a kind of bad impression of sammy hagar mm. these songs sound to me like they have been written for Sammy Hagar, they don't feel like a collaborative thing at all. They feel like they've been written for someone else.
1: Well, that that that's been theorized, hasn't it? Quite a bit, yeah. From from the yeah. notes that I've read about this record, Uh yes, uh, I couldn't I can't really comment on that myself because I'm not okay with the Sammy Hagar era of Van Halen at all. But um I will go with you. But on he that.
0: just, I mean, Gary Cherone... Like I say, if you well, I mean, you've heard more than words, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know what Gary Cherone sounds like. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a good. He's a good vocalist. He's great funk yeah, out. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's yeah. a good singer. Yeah. and uh, you know, I, I wouldn't go as far as to say he's a bad singer. No, that's all. No. But he certainly—he doesn't sound. Himself. He doesn't sound like Gary Cherone. No, and uh, and that's why I think. Well, these songs weren't written in collaboration as much as Eddie Van Halen will tell you that they are, mm. or like mm. thinks that they are. Uh, I mean, Gary Cherone probably, you know, having had a few years in the Wilderness doing nothing after su- the success of Extreme, mm. I think he's come in here and he just is, does not want to rock the boat. And he's just happy to be there, as you say. And unfortunately, yeah. somebody needed to rock the boat, mm, and mm. they needed like Sammy Hagar was successful bef- with Montrose and as a solo artist before he joined Van Halen. Mm. He was an established vocalist mm. who had a career. He didn't need to join Van Halen, mm. right? They got big whilst they were big with David Lee Roth, they grew to become stars together, Mm. right? So David Lee Roth can go up to, you know, Eddie and Alex Van Halen and go, no, I'm not doing that. Mm. And they don't like it. And obviously, Hagar did the same thing in 1996 with Eddie and Alex. Look, let's do this. No, you're not doing what I tell you to do. So in comes Gary Sharon, we're going to do that. Okay, great. Yeah, whatever you mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. we're so good at collaborating. Bullshit, you're not good at collaborating at all. Mm. You're not good at collaborating. You're doing what you want to do and you haven't got someone who's strong-willed enough to go, I don't really sound, I don't normally sing in this key. I don't normally sing in this register. Sure. Do we really need 15 pre-choruses in yeah. the fucking single, the first song yeah. on the bloody yeah. album? Do I need three different solos on this? No, yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. not. Do we need some weird change of pace towards the end of the, like, <laughs> you don't you don't need any of it um yeah and i think i mean i i
1: i I, I think i mean yes i'll I'll bow down to your superior knowledge on that but yes it 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 does sound that totally makes sense that that theory to me that totally makes sense and it's probably a massive part of the reason why this record is so bloated and excessive and just um often quite dull to be honest despite having snatches of brilliance brilliant <laughs> despite having snatches of quite goodness <laughs> on yeah. it um you know but the other thing i was going to say which i thought was um maybe interesting i wanted to get your input on um you just said that gary Shirona doesn't sound like gary gary sharon i'm doing it. i didn't mean to do that on purpose gary Cherone, yeah, Sure. <laughs> you said that gary Sharone doesn't sound like um uh gary sharon gary Sharone. um Eddie Van Halen doesn't sound like Eddie Van Halen either, I don't think, really. No. Um, he's he, like, I'm not going to sit here and go, oh, he sounds like a bad guitarist on this record, because, you know, that's fucking nonsense. Um, but he doesn't sound super inspired. And I would say that on a lot of it, I would say on most of it, he sounds like a, another guitarist, like a good mm. one, a competent one. But not Eddie fucking Van
0: Halen. No, there's 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 a real lack of character yes. o- across this entire record. Yes yes yes, um, yes, yes. yes. That is, you know, I mean, I really think you could play this to someone. If you've never heard it before, but you're familiar with Van Halen, you probably would eventually, because of the type of music it is, you probably would. This is a really big rock band. If you just said that and played it to someone... I don't think you'd immediately go, oh, it's Van Halen straight away. It'd
1: take like, me there was... ages to get to Van Halen and I would go through loads of other bands first. I'd get, yeah. I, I, yes, I think, I think I'd think i get there eventually if you put the whole record on and i beg you to stop because um, I don't want to <laughs> re-listen to the whole fucking thing. But um, but it would take me fucking ages to get to Van Halen. Yeah, it'd take yeah. me ages.
0: I mean, I think I I agree with you. This album is bad. Mm. It's not terrible. No but it's bad. And like I say, when you consider some of the stuff that we've done recently, it's oh. just very uninspired. Yeah. It's yeah. very boring. It's, you know, obviously it's too long. It's flabby as fuck. It, and it kind of weirdly, like the weirdest thing about it is it feels like it's completely been made by committee, which is ironic considering I think Eddie Van Halen just wrote, I mean, it's been called cool a sort of, Eddie Van Halen solo record as uh, close to in some, some parts.
1: Something else I was going to ask you actually. Um, in that ultimate classic rock uh, roundtable feature that I read, um, there are suggestions that this record could have been saved if it had been released as an Eddie Van Halen solo record with his friend Gary Sharon on vocals. um wh- How do you feel about that?
0: Well, I, I don't think that would save it. Mm, mm
1: i was wondering no. if i was wondering if that was because when i read that i mean that's
0: like going i mean that's like going. <laughs> if you saw a, a man like on fire and you went no that man's on fire and they went Call him a squirrel. Oh, no, oh, he's all right now. Now he's just all right for a squirrel to look like. He's just still on fire. <laughs> a
1: bizarre, bizarre metaphor,
0: but I'll go with that it. That was a bizarre metaphor. <laughs> I'll go What with I'm it. saying is, is whatever you called this, it is a boring, long, bloated yeah. album. Yeah. I think when you say save it, um, yes, it wouldn't have been part of the Van Halen canon yeah and yeah. so it would have been very very quickly forgotten about and the likelihood of us talking about it now would have diminished, diminished massively
1: well i was wondering because for example like you know i i um i haven't had loads of opportunity to to do it on um riot act as of yet but um i actually think that chinese democracy for example is actually an album with some very 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 good moments on it and um and was critically panned far more than it should have been overall um and if it had been released as an Axl Rose solo record I don't think it would have been panned anywhere near as much as it was so I was wondering I mean I I think Chinese Democracy is 10 times better than this album
0: personally yeah, I, I, the Chinese democracy is comfortably better. Than comfortably this. better. Yeah,
1: Chinese democracy mm-hmm. has its, you know, is bloated and 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 needs a few ideas, mm-hmm. trims, and blah blah blah. Yeah. But but you know, compared to this, it's Chinese democracy is a fucking masterpiece, in my opinion. Mm. Uh, but yeah. yeah, me
0: too. I I agree. I mean, I just think, um, you know, as I said. Um, It really, yeah. I mean, if it hadn't been an Eddie Van Halen solo record, I mean, I think that maybe there'd be more opportunity for Eddie Van Halen to do what he does on the album's absolute lowest point, which is the closing track, How Many Say I, which is a disgraceful, terrible ballad with absolutely no redeeming qualities to it whatsoever. Lines like, if you look down as a homeless man walks by, or if you've ever changed a channel when you've seen a starving child, just make me want to punch him in the face and smash (laughs) up all of his guitars. Do not guilt trip me, Eddie Van Halen, after you've made me listen to an hour of your boring music, to then guilt trip me at the end of it. Fuck off.
1: Oh, yeah. um, How bad is that song? Oh, goodness me. Uh, Well, uh, yeah, it features lead vocals from Eddie himself. Uh, It's sort of an acoustic piano ballad um, with Sharon doing backing vocals, which strangely... I, I mean, I can't believe that it kind of got onto the presses and onto the vinyl and CD because, oh, well, if it came out on vinyl because it's 1998, it might not. Have, but uh, I mean, some of the some of the backing notes that Sharon is doing, a vocalist who can clearly sing, are off key, are off key against uh, against Eddie's vocals. It's it's bizarre. It's like how how did that get a pass? I'm completely confused. Uh, yes, the lyrics are terrible. Um, eddie's defense of the uh song seems really odd as well um he said oh what did he say about it uh he said eddie declared he was forced into singing and added harmonies so he would not perform alone uh is eddie van halen ever really forced into making a creative decision It's eddie van halen isn't it
0: well, I mean, we'll probably talk about their record label in the aftermath of okay. this, but certainly, like, I can't understand w- why or who would have forced him to do... No. That's
1: what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you asked me how bad is this song. We have this running joke on the show that I can play Eruption on an acoustic guitar. Now, I hate to break the illusion, Steve, but I can't. I've got... But I do have my acoustic guitar right here, and if I picked it up and just attempted to play eruption on acoustic with no practice whatsoever for six minutes it would probably make for a more pleasing six minutes than this song it's absolutely
0: horrific song <laughs> horrific <laughs> horrendous but but you, do agree. you do agree with musically. me you do yes with i do it would be better yeah. oh brilliant yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, yeah i'm just gonna get yeah. my guitar hold on yeah oh, i'm not really i'm not really no Come no don't. <laughs> um i mean yeah it's there's you know, there's a song called "Year to the Day," which is eight minutes and thirty-four seconds. Fucking hell, uh, feels, which is feels so like eight years eight and years, thirty-five like, days. Uh, <laughs> fucking hell, know. like it's unbelievable how long and bloated and boring and nothing. Yeah. So much of that is. Yeah. Um,
1: it's amazing how you can extend boring and bloated and nothing into eight minutes and thirty-five seconds. It's amazing it really how is. it's. It's. it's uh, I mean, in that from that perspective, I admire it but yeah
0: boring 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 uh fire in the hole was in um was on lethal weapon four oh. actually in lethal weapon four have you seen When's the last time you watched lethal weapon four um
1: shortly after it came out i thought it was dog shit then and i think it's dog shit now um, there's a bit
0: where this sort of super this guy dressed up in the suit is like flamethrowing, and they drive past him and then he presses play on his walkman and firing the hole comes out and it's like i don't know who you are mate but you've got really bad tasting
1: music <laughs> 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 like, that you're carrying van
0: halen 3 around on your fucking tape recording yeah, yeah. You. um awful really film. really lethal weapon awful ball. film yeah. uh and yeah it's really bad um
1: worse than Die Hard 4.0 and that's saying quite a lot yeah, that's bad right? mm, Jesus mm,
0: yeah mm. Um, by the way you asked about why it's called Van Halen 3 yes well Van Halen 1 mm. is their first album yes. which features David Lee Roth on yes. vocals yes Van Halen 2 is their second album which also features David Lee Roth on vocals and then their first album with Sammy Hagar is called 5150 so I hope that clears it up <laughs> I read somewhere that
1: one of the reasons it was called three is because it was the third light third lineup
0: right. of Van Halen. But, but they they've already done Van Halen 2 with they never did Van Halen 2 with the second oh, lineup. I'm not. I'm, make sense. I'm
1: not claiming that that clears it up. I'm just saying that's the reason I read and I went okay. I'll write that in my notes. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know.
0: Doesn't make any sense. No doesn't make any um, sense. Um, so anyway uh it's pretty bad
1: it's It's pretty bad but do you know what it's not it's it's it is pretty bad it's not terrible though it's just flabby and bloated and Mm. you know i think it did come out a time when it was highly unfashionable and it need and it needed to be a lot better than this especially coming out at that time for anyone to give a flying fuck i think it's fair to say
0: it's that. It's the fact that, it's, you know, it doesn't work. It's the fact that it's the only album with Gary Cherone. It's the fact that it sort of really marks the kind of the the death of Van Halen as a proper touring band. I mean, in the aftermath, they toured it. Um, they went back into studio to record a new album and there are song titles Apparently, oh. which uh, are out about the new record, uh, but instead a statement came out, came out um, announcing Strange's departure from the band in 1999. They stated musical differences that were given. Someone's banging on my door really hard. I think it might be my failure box set. So <gasps> you go get imagine that. that, if that... You go get that. it's not it's not not my failure box set it's some fucking thing from from ASOS from my girlfriend so wicked Um, oh you're in a bad mood now aren't you you're gonna be a bad mood all day smash that door that up to deliver like you could have put that through the letterbox it's a fucking t-shirt you moron anyway um,
1: I hope he listens no I'll
0: kick your door down fucking dickhead um (laughs)
1: am i doing? keep am i keeping this in it's up to you i don't know where were we uh steve um, steve has a big problem with the royal mail
0: i don't know why he did that it was very yeah, it was I very loud it was very loud yeah have got a knocker yeah. on the door oh really tap, tap, tap. <laughs> it's a t-shirt as well we could have fucking put that through the letterbox
1: that's okay well Unbelievable. Look, we're not going to get sponsorship from the royal mail now are we steve for fuck's sake don't want it <laughs> I want free stamps.
0: (laughs) 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 Anyway, they gave the musical differences were the reason given at the time for uh, Gary Sharon leaving the band. But again, in subsequent interviews, Eddie Van Halen has admitted that record company pressure due to the failure of three Mm. led to Sharon being pushed out of the band. But Uh. um, unlike their previous singers... There was nothing but good feelings and admiration between the two parties. Oh, and they nice. all get on lovely, lovely, <laughs> lovely, um, And then we didn't really see Van Halen for sort of six years, uh, even though. It was just six. Um, I thought it was it,
1: way longer than that, wasn't
0: it? No, no, no. Ah. It was only because. So, the accident. Um, mate. Sorry. Yeah. Well, they did kind of. I mean, I say that they kind of got back together in 2003 with Hagar. David <laughs> Coverdell of Whitesnake was rumoured to be joining. Imagine that. Mm. That never happened. Mm. Um, uh, Would have been interesting. Hagar rejoined them uh, and then left a year later. In 2005, they released yet another greatest hit set. Um, The two new songs on that greatest hit set, by the way, that came out in 2005 are frustratingly fucking brilliant. Oh, really? Wicked. They're as good as anything Van Halen did with Sammy Hagar. Like, absolutely wicked songs. Mm. The two record day, recording the studio for that fucking great. Do you remember the name? And they them? really sounds like fan. Do you know what? Um, thank you for asking me that when you know full well that I don't. Um, <laughs> I, d- I didn't. I was genuinely
1: asking, and I thought it would be uh,
0: good for people
1: to be able to look them up easier. Fuck. One of called. It's,
0: it's about time. One of them's called. It's about time, um, or something like that. Hold on, there. Best it, of both worlds. That's what it's called. Uh, it is. One of them is called. Yeah, it's about time. It's about right. time. And
1: it looks like it looks like it's either up for breakfast or learning to see. Yeah, that's
0: it. That's it. Up, up for breakfast. breakfast. Okay. Uh, learning to see. Learning to see is good. There okay. are two. Sorry, there were three then. There were three. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. Good. Uh, plenty of cuts to be made this week. Cheers. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> uh, but frustratingly, again, things broke down once again. Once again, David Lee Roth came back out a year later, and since then, Van Halen have basically been in and out of the news, either because they're going to do something or they're not going to do something or they've fallen out or David Lee Roth's leaving the band or he's back in the band or yada, 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 yada. They released the dreadful, a different kind of truth album in 2012. And it's sort of hard not to look at Van Halen today, the Van Halen of post three and think that rather than David Lee Roth and Sammy Hagar being the problem, it was actually the van halen brothers mm. who were the kind of egomaniacal ones all along what a shame
1: obviously uh, i'm not an expert but you just said um, a different kind of truth was dreadful my recollection is is, is it was reviewed quite well so you uh, is 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 that right or or do you just disagree with the reviews what's what's the deal that deal there
0: are you saying that the reviews might have just given the comeback album from one of the biggest hard rock bands in history a really good mark just because
1: no, surely yeah. you're not insinuating that are you? <laughs> I'm, j- I'm just asking steve because i don't know this stuff
0: <laughs> surely you can't be insinuating that that <laughs> magazines would just give a really good review to a band because their mass, their classic lineup had reformed surely you can't be thinking that for a second i, would, really? I wouldn't
1: dare dream of even suggesting it
0: it was fucking shit. <laughs> I don't, I have no idea what the fucking, um, Guardian gave it four said. out of five,
1: Rolling Stone three Did and it. a half, Spin seven the out of ten, Guardian. USA Today, oh USA say three and a half out of four. That's a bit of a weird one. Uh, um, what? Boston Herald A minus, AV Club B. Uh, uh yeah, was... it's it's, mi- it's mixed, but uh, Entertainment Weekly A minus, it is mixed, but but it, it definitely A minus. Uh, it has a uh on metacritic it received a score of 73 based on 21 reviews 73 is not a bad score i'm not indicating i am not suggesting that it is indeed a great album i'm just i'm just presenting this information to you
0: trust me it is a piece of crap okay okay an absolute piece of crap but where does three go in our list then renfrey Shall I do a little rundown? It's been a couple of weeks since I've done a rundown of what oh, we've it's got. going to take a while. Um, yes, go on then. Well, okay. So we've got Bob Dylan at the very, very top or bottom of the list in sort of descending order. Bob Dylan's self-portrait, Lou Reed and Metallica, Lou Reed's Metal Machine Music, Liz Phair's self-titled album, Lauren Hill, Unplugged, D.D. King stand in the spotlight, William Shatner's Transform Man, Black and White Rainbows by Bush, Mick Jagger's Primitive cool, limp biscuit results may vary, Streets and Sky by the enemy, one by Dirty Vegas, self-titled razor light, Viva Brothers, famous first words, the truth is by theory of the dead man. Louis XIV, Slick Dogs and Ponies, Queen and Paul Rogers' Cosmos Rocks, The United Nations of Sound by Richard Ashcroft, the self-titled and Quig album, Graveyard Classics Volume 2 by Six Feet Under, Towers of London's Blood, Sweat and Towers, Corey Feldman's Angelic to the Core, Blood on the Dance Floor's Bad Blood, Methods of Mayhem self-titled, Uncle Crackers Double Wide, and at number one, Forever Let's Hope, Broken Side, I'm not a fan, but the kids like it.
1: Considering that there are 26 records on that, you did that very quickly. That was a very good chart rundown. Well done. Cheers. That so, sounds that um, sounded patronizing, but I did actually mean it sincerely. A little bit. Um <laughs> I did mean it sincerely. Um I think uh I'm just gonna say it. I think this should go between Mick Jagger's Primitive Call and Bush's black and white rainbows. That's where I think, which is uh which be would be position nineteen out of the twenty-seven albums, it would be.
0: Yeah, it's kind of nothing. So I'm yeah. I'm happy with that. Yeah. I do think you're right as well. It's um it's it's not it's not
1: offensive it's um it's it's got it's got moments which are which are you know quite good um it's boring as fuck and it's bloated and it's blare and the songs most of the songs aren't very good but there are there's probably 15 minutes of good music on it 20 minutes of good music maybe i mean it is 63 Mm. minutes 64 minutes whatever it is so you know too fucking long but too long baby too long baby um but you know it's um and there's one or two embarrassing moments as we discussed the last song but you know i mean c- yeah like you said already compared to some of the stuff that we've talked about t- talk, t- talking talked about recently fuck me hello there's right. there's a there's a face painted onto Stephen hill right now as he's picked a uh picked something else out of a hat full of shit
0: mm. this should be interesting okay a band that you uh, we've already spoken about recently at uh-huh. length uh-huh. pink floyd i'm a gummer i'm uh, a gummer is next week's um so That's there you go
1: sid barrett era right isn't it no. is it not okay no. my bad
0: um okay there you go Umma-gummer trust me to Umma not, not know anything
1: about pink floyd i'm a fucking expert yeah. when it comes to pink floyd fucking hell <laughs> that tiny band uh, who play like ulu sort of size bed venues yeah, fair play to Muse for giving them a leg, up. there. <laughs> oh, God. If you're a new listener, you're not going to understand any of this at all. But basically, I am fucking ignorant when it comes
0: to Pink Floyd. <laughs> Let's just say that. He really is. <laughs> um, anyway, we'll be doing that next week. Okie dokie. There you go. Van Halen's three goes into Broken Records, uh, into the list. And like I say... You know, no one's ever going to remember Van Halen for that. Just like no one's ever going to remember Pink Floyd for Umaguma, But that will be episode 28, which is available for you to listen to right now, as soon as you finish listening to this one. You can also, if you want to take a break from us talking about things you don't really like, you can find us, as I said, on Riot Act every Friday, Bigging Up Good Alternative Music. That's what we like to do the most. Or go over to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash Right Act podcast, where, again, you can find us being very, very nice about, classic albums from throughout the ages uh as i said episode 28 is waiting there for you on pink floyd thanks very much for listening to the show anything to add to that Renfrew? i know you're a big pink floyd fan <laughs> um uh no
1: uh let's have an emma Gummer fantastic time next time mm.
0: see you everyone <laughs> Bye.